Welcome to B-Movies and eBooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. And today we've got a special show. <laughs> every every episode. I, I'm starting to think, like, if I'm in the audience, like, I'll bet you don't. <laughs> um, Fool me once. Yeah. But, no, it, it really should be a pretty cool show. Uh, we have got... Uh, <laughs> I forgot we have guests. <laughs> now that sounds shitty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah no we we've got uh they're not here yet it's uh, okay <laughs> we've got authors ryan c thomas and anthony trevino to talk about uh their their brand new book hissers three but also i'm pretty positive that we'll venture into just random other things it should be a good time it's always a good time when ryan's on and then we're all going to talk about the brand new movie, uh, Shadow in the Cloud, which is one of... The, we'll get into it. <laughs> but, but before we do that, uh, what's new with you? Um, not too much. Uh, I've been preoccupied a lot with um, the fact that my upstairs neighbors f- apparently flooded their apartment. Yeah. And so it has flooded mine. And so, yeah, that's been taking up a lot of my time. You mentioned that to me in a text. I didn't realize that it was a a major thing for y'all. Um, well, I mean, we've got people coming in to replace some, like, drywall parts that got what. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. But yeah, that's... it was it was a fun time. Yeah. So right now, like, everything is out of our closets and stuff like that, ready for the people yeah those upstairs neighbors will get you every uh, time yeah we had it, it, i had a group in the past that all they played was uh dance dance revolution nice and that was terrible because you just hear these rhythmic bullshit going on all fucking day it's like oh my god are you serious like that game's not even that cool man <laughs> like <laughs> you're always playing it um yeah well that sucks man yeah uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, you see any good movies lately? Uh, I actually have. Uh, I've, I've watched, like... I didn't have a segue to deal with, like, uh, that, you know, sad flooding. And, uh, you see any movies? <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched Gunpowder Milkshake. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that looked yeah. interesting. Yeah, it was, it was basically, like, um... It felt a lot like Shoot 'em Up, uh-huh. or like uh, what was that other one, Crazy Eights or whatever. <clears throat> Crazy. Eights. Uh, I'm not. Or, I, don't or, I don't know. I might be thinking Lucky Number Slevin, but oh, Smoking Aces. Smoking yeah. Aces. Yeah, like that sort of, um, you know, uh, the the time old story of or age old story of uh, a hitman. Or a hit person, right? That goes against their orders, and then there's a colorful cast of characters come after them. Oh. You know that that general uh, plot line. But it had some um, really interesting fight choreography, yeah, and stuff. And it was it was good. I liked it a lot. Well, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I I watched uh, <clears throat> two of the uh, new Fear Street movies. Have you checked those I've, out? I've watched all three. Oh, yeah? Did you like yeah, them? I did. I loved uh, 1994, and what was the other one? 78? 78, and then 1666. Yeah, like, I mean... The, fr- the first one's the best. 
Oh, really? See, I like the first one better, but I, than than seventy eight. Uh, but a lot of people felt the opposite, and I think what, yeah, a lot of people are stupid. <laughs> well, the first one was really like an homage to nineties horror, you know, like nineties in general, and. They didn't really seem to care about the chronology of uh, songs. It was like if a song was big in the 90s, it didn't matter if it was like 1997 after after the movie came or was uh, set. But, you know, like as long as you kind of turned your brain off and and just was like, oh, this is going to be just a slasher, uh, you know, that kind of just pays homage to those 90s uh, horrors. I, I thought that it had a really good cast and. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was just me, but I found it, well, both of them, actually, to be more, quote-unquote, adult than I was expecting. Uh, yeah. They definitely did not feel like they were adapted from <laughs> young adult uh, books. I don't, I don't remember getting steined at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, on this one, whenever someone raised a knife, it wasn't to cut a birthday cake. It was like, <laughs> you were going to get stabbed. Um, but you know, uh, one thing I, I found interesting about it, and I know a lot of people feel this way about Joe Bob or, or like Sven Gulli or, or whatever, uh, is a weekly thing, but, uh, and I watch both of those intermittently. I, I, uh, but I felt like for three weeks, even though I didn't watch the last one on time, <laughs> they, they gave us something to look forward to as a horror fan on a weekly basis, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was kind of cool, uh, you know, three weeks in a row. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the second one was, what, uh, just more of a nod to the 80s slashers. And, and uh, I, I felt like the second one really built out that Sarah Fears mythos a lot more than the first. And I'm sure the third one, that's all it does. The third one, that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it bookends nicely and it does it, it does link everything all together. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it came it came to a, a very uh, not only satisfying conclusion, but um, one that uh, was kind of unexpected. Oh yeah, it doesn't go the route you think it's going to go. Well, cool. I'm so I'm ready to check it out. I'm just I've actually you know most of the time I don't have much as far as movies go uh, because. You know, I have two small kids, and it's hard to watch uh, movies that, uh, you know, the movies I want to see. But, uh, yeah, this time I, I we've seen some stuff. Uh, uh, watch the new Black Widow. Uh, yeah, I did too. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, I felt like there it. There was some, some weirdness in certain parts um, that I don't want to get too spoilery. But, like, it also thematically made sense but it was just strange I, but uh, yeah <laughs> well I, I it made me laugh more than I was expecting it was funnier <laughs> than the average Marvel movie to me um, yeah the her sister her sister and uh I forget the the character basically the, the Russian Captain America guy yeah, yeah oh yeah he was great yeah dude from stranger things um yeah but yeah Hell boy yeah, it also it felt a lot more like one of those like born type movies than a Marvel movie to me. Like to me, it didn't feel comic booky. Uh, it just was like over the top action. Well, because in in the Marvel movies, she doesn't have any superpowers. That's true. So she kind of does in the comics. Um, she's uh, 
sort of a super soldier. She had like a bootleg Russian version of it. Yeah. Um, and so she's like way older than she looks like. So she has slowed aging and stuff like Captain America does. And she's like slightly stronger, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, and that's not in the comics. But I mean, the thing is, though, a lot of the Marvel movies kind of like played with genre like that. Mm hmm. You know, like um, Ant Man was like a heist movie, right? Um, you you know, you had like the espionage movies, like this one and uh, Winter Soldier. Um, you know, it's like all of them had like their own sort of genres to play with, with the comic book template on top of it. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch it in theaters or at home? I watched it at home. Yeah, I did too. Um. And, you know, uh, to me, I'm a lot more critical of the Marvel movies. Uh, Honestly, if my wife didn't want to watch it, I I probably wouldn't have even seen it yet. But, um, uh, you know, I'm I'm super cheap also. And this was a $30 rental. And I I think my biggest, uh, you know, the biggest endorsement I can give this is that being super cheap and $30 uh, to watch it at home. I don't, I didn't regret watching it. So there's that. (laughs) I mean, going to the theater, that's two tickets now. True. True. Although nice segue. We watched old yesterday in theaters. Yeah. Um, How was that? It was interesting. Uh, uh, I I feel like like, that's kind of par for the course for Shyamalan. You're just like, it was, it was a movie? Yeah, I don't know if I was the only one, but it felt like that movie was taking years off my life. <laughs> it was it was so You've been waiting to, you've been waiting to say that. Yep. You? Yep. You, like, you wrote that one down. Yep. Workshop. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. Um no, like the direction was fine. The audio, the dialogue uh probably intentionally, uh, absolutely intentionally felt really stilted. Like the character, what? like in a Shyamalan movie. <laughs> no, literally, there was a guy that was like, you know, uh, I'm Jerry and I'm a nurse. Remember, my name's Jerry. Later, like, and it didn't come in the plot. It just was weird dialogue like that. Like it, it was like it was translated or something. Um, but, but what's kind of weird is like a lot of his movies are sort of like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will say the, the biggest selling point of this movie was the premise alone. It had a killer premise and about 80%. Well, no, I'm sorry. No, that, that wasn't a pun. Like, you know, I, that was a great premise. The premise sold me more than like, it wouldn't have mattered if it was Shyamalan or whoever. If I saw that yeah. trailer, I was going to watch it. Um, uh, 80% of the film though was just kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Where and uh, the pacing was super slow. It dragged and dragged. Um, although you know what I found to be one of the more odd things was that you, the protagonist group of people that you have set up from the beginning, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you follow them, and then it kind of just trades off between characters. Uh, where you know that's normal if you have a setup like that. Or if you're watching Game of Thrones or something where there's just like, oh, they're dead. Now <laughs> move on to the next yeah. people. But it jumped back and forth and back and forth. You you land with the same protagonist. <laughs> but there's parts <laughs> of the movie that don't really seem like that. So I found that kind of interesting because uh, it drifts away from them somewhere in the middle. Um, and, you know, with Shyamalan, there's a twist at the end. Uh, and I think that the the twist pushed it into clever territory. Uh 
but ultimately, what? I'm just, it's like they weren't getting older. Everyone else was getting younger. <laughs> That's what I was expecting. You know, something like that, or but no, or that you know they come back and they're a hundred years in the future or some shit like yeah. that. <laughs> I I can you know plants were killing everyone. I can I can say that. Uh, uh, it was ultimately one of his weaker films. I'd give it a three out of five. Urge people to rent it instead of spending money. I didn't feel completely ripped off, but eh, it, it was fine. So, so like, uh, what what do you think is his strongest? If his, you were to rank hit his movies, his strongest, either six. Yeah, because you say or, it's one of his. You say it's one of his weakest. Either Sixth Sense or Unbreakable would be his strongest. They're not my favorite, but I think those are his strongest films. Um, I, I think my favorite of his is either Split or The Visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, even like in terms of favorites, this one's down with The Happening. A little better than The Happening. I love The Happening, though. Yeah, I know, I know. I unironically love that movie. He's so divisive, like, or just polarizing, you know? Yeah. Uh, even among people that like him, because we both like him, but we have drastically different opinions <laughs> of his movies. I don't think you like The Sixth Sense at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate it. Um, it's just like, like, I don't know. I went into it trying to figure out, like, or not trying to figure out, like, but I went into it and then, you know, figured out what was going on. Uh-huh. And then I was like, eh. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I just we got a message from Anthony. Uh, I told him that it was on Skype and he's like, "Uh, let me sign up for Skype." <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so what do you think his best film is? Well, well, okay. I I agree with you. It's actually probably Sixth Sense or The Unbreakable cuz those are like legitimately well-made films yeah right um but my favorite is signs oh you know what i probably would agree with you i i don't know why i always forget to include that but i think that might be my favorite of his signs is on my like top movies list yeah, I would say this one felt more like The Village more than anything. Like, there's some obviously like plot. Uh, yeah, but there's some obvious dumb things included in it. You know, they're scared of yellow. <laughs> you know, uh, that kind of stuff that also kind yeah. of came into play here. Uh, just logical inconsistencies. Um, but, you know, whatever. If you didn't think about it too much, it's fun. And the, the payoff... <laughs> Like I said, the payoff was kind of clever. It did seem odd, and we can talk about it offline after you see it. It seems odd that they chose with that given the times that we live in. It, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, and then the only other thing I have, I didn't really have news. I just had shit that I watched since the last episode. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It was the Clove Hitch Killer. Have you ever heard of that or seen it? Or no. Something we watched what? on Netflix is on Netflix and Hulu. Uh, it's a decent horror thriller. I, I would put it more thriller than horror. It's well paced. The plot is basically lifted from the B- the BTK killers case. Uh-huh. Um, but it's kind of like it, it's a mixture of like the stepfather series of films meets like st- or excuse me meets Disturbia. 
Because okay. the deal is, is the, the, the kid is not sure. Him and his friend are investigating whether or not his father is a serial killer. So okay. he, and so it's suspenseful. It lacks any real uh, scares, uh, which was an interesting choice, uh, which is why I'd put this more into thriller territory. But I hesitate to put serial killer stuff into thriller versus horror since there's like real life implication. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but like, what about like. Uh... Cape Fear. Yeah. That's like serial killer yeah. thing, but it's strictly thriller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was like that, and it was an interesting choice to do that. And maybe, honestly, maybe it's better that way uh, so that some of the violent, like with that type tone, as opposed to like Henry, the portrait of a serial killer, which is, you know, based on Henry Lee Lucas, but it was gratuitous violence and you know this this didn't really have gratuitous violence uh but maybe that's the best thing for realistic plots they're treated with like almost like a detached observation where by violence isn't glorified you know i don't know mm-hmm. um it was an interesting movie i thought it was really good um either way i found it worthy of my time uh as kind of a thriller <laughs> Well, no. I mean, I found it worthy. Worthy of my time. <laughs> no, but I didn't feel like I wasted time watching it. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it's you know a thriller drama, uh, lacking a bit of punch. If you're only looking for horror scare type stuff, but it was good. I, I thought it was a good four out of five. Cool. So now, did did the killer exclusively lo- use the clove hitch knot? He. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was exclusive, it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was, uh, and so he he was like, my dad knows all these knots, you know. <laughs> like, so, anyway, and I will say I did miss fifteen minutes in the middle when I made some ramen. <laughs> but anyway, um, and part of that was when they were discussing all the knots. <laughs> So, but yeah, I heard it from the other important room. Important information. Yeah, and all the violence. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that's where yeah, all the violence. Like, it was, it was just like, you know, a montage of still frames of like knot diagrams <laughs> and then extreme violence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You missed it all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the dude was, who was it? I always get him confused. I think it's Dylan McDermott. Dude from American uh-huh. Horror Story, he was the dad in this. Oh, I was thinking, um, I was gonna say, uh, from um, Crazy Anatomy. What was interesting about it though is when the son would like, you know, ask him stuff about, like, hey, I found this in your room. And he's like, yeah, I'm into really, really violent porn. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just be open. <clears throat> that was his excuse. He's like, you know, your mom knows. Like, you know, I'm just, it's just violent porn. He's like, don't mention it to her. She's not happy. I'm trying to control it. You know, <laughs> like that was his <laughs> go to. And, and, you know, the son was like super, like really, really uh, super Christian. And so he's just like, okay, dad, I know that it's shameful, you know. <laughs> and so, <laughs> anyway, it was interesting. Uh, but that's all I got, unless you got anything else. Uh, I, I want to say just two quick or er, er, a quick thing about two different other movies I watched. I watched a lot of movies this week, and I don't know why um, versus this and read like an Arthur C. Clarke book. But um, the the 
we I watched a, a movie from I think it was last year called Parallel. Mm-hmm. Um, it was basically Primer, but with the multiverse instead of time travel. Um, pretty good. Uh, you know, low budget um, thriller sci-fi um, sort of deal. Uh, and then I watched uh, this other movie that Netflix recommended to me called Cosmic Sin, starring Bruce Willis. Yeah. Uh, never might be the worst movie I have ever seen in my life. It's one of his red box titles. Yeah, it is. It is bad. <laughs> like it's not even coherent at all. Like, especially towards the end. Cosmic like, sin. It just, yeah, it's bad. It's really, really bad. <laughs> um, like it, like on IMDb, it's got like a two, mm-hmm. right? Um, two out of 10. But on like Metacritic, you know how they have the like the whole aggregate score? Mm-hmm. It has a nine. Wow. It has like literally a single digit out of ten, out of a hundred. <laughs> That's rare. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, the Siskel and Ebert, whoever um, did the the thing on their website, literally gave it a zero. <laughs> wow. Well, it's, it's it's bad. So do you if you eat- want to watch? terrible sci-fi um with you know not an original plot and also uh the worst acting of bruce willis's career (laughs) well that sounds good watch cosmic sin like seriously he's like not even phoning it in like it's it's, not even cop out good (laughs) yeah it's 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 like i don't know dude it's it's seriously one of the worst movies i've ever seen (laughs) it's like santa claus conquers the martians bad wow (laughs) We may have to cover that in depth on here one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, all right. Well, if, <laughs> that sounds interesting. Uh, I wanted to mention that. <laughs> if that's all you got, we're going to bridge in uh, Ryan and Anthony, and we sure. will talk the Hissers series of films, and they'll join us for the review of Shadow in the Clouds. And we will be back after this. All right, we're back. We are with Ryan C. Thomas and Anthony Trevino, authors of the brand new book, Hissers 3. Um, yeah, I, I haven't read any Hissers books. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will go ahead and say that from the start. I have not read any of them, but our next three episodes, we're going to cover all of them. But... Yeah, um, cool. So, uh, real quick, uh, the just for the audience who may or may not know, Ryan, you you wrote the first two books, um, and then you brought on uh, you brought brought on Anthony to co-write the third book. Yes. Why, uh, what happened? How, Anthony, right, well, how did you get involved? <laughs> kids. Uh, I got drunk <laughs> one night. Um, oh yeah. So first, Ryan had kids. And then one, and then one night we were recording, and he was complaining about not writing anything else because he was like struggling with finishing Hissers three, right? And I want the next Roger Huntington book, so <laughs> I was drunk enough to be like, "Why don't I just finish it for you?" And and, <laughs> and I'll just ghost write it, and then you can write this other book that I want to read. And he said yes, and I was like, "Oh, shit, now I got to do it." Yeah, now you're locked in. <laughs> I mean, why? Why would I not do that, right? If I, I want to write a book and someone goes, "Well, I'll just write it for you," yeah, okay, <laughs> that's easy. But but it originally started as me what ghostwriting it, and then I think by the time we finished, 
Ryan felt that I'd done enough work on it that we were just going to slap my name on the cover too. But yeah, because I had the, it was a first draft completely done. I had done one complete first draft, and it sucked. And uh, so I think it was like, oh, this this needs a lot of work. And you were like, well, I'll go in and fix it all. I'll I'll make it work. <laughs> yeah, I came but, in with my tool belt and I was like, I'll just fix all this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then you start, he started uh, having ideas and contributing and writing new chapters. And yeah, so by that point, I was like, well, this, this book is kind of half yours now. Well, that's and then he, dude. And he would he would he would call me and ask me like, oh, what if we do this and what if we do that? And I'd be like, yeah, man, whatever, just. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the the process was a lot of me being like, okay, how about this? How about that? Because I reread, I've read the first two books before, but in preparation for working on book three, I reread the first two again, and like I took a bunch of notes and I packed them all full of sticky notes and ideas and things that we could touch upon, or if I needed to do like a callback to you know connect the other books to book three, which you don't really need to do because it's most of the same characters, but just in case. And I was like, what about this? Ryan goes, sure, I don't give a shit. That, that was all of Ryan's editorial advice was, I don't give a shit. Sure. <laughs> Man, hard selling this book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So, I... <laughs> I'm sorry. Ryan looks, looks uh, a little annoyed. No, no, no. No, I'm just He's always my eyes. Me. It's fine. Um... <laughs> No, I think you know a lot. A lot of that attitude was just that I was so unhappy with the first pass that I felt yeah. like anything that Anthony did was going to make it better. So I was okay, just well, like, don't "Yeah, give me just, that kind of freedom." But just, sure. just go and do it because I know it's going to be better. Now, if you don't person. like it, if, now if you don't like it, you can just blame him. Yeah, I have. <laughs> pretty much. It's all you, so when all the bad reviews come in. It's my fault. <laughs> Who added these three chapters on ass in a can? <laughs> I'm so glad that has lived on forever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, got somebody drew a picture of you had that cum gutter joke and somebody sent us a drawing. Yeah, somebody drew legit fan art of a dumb joke I made. <laughs> It was pretty good. It was pretty good art. Yeah, so. yeah. The ass in a can, oh. and and the the other reference uh, was uh, off. Y'all have a podcast, two dads and a millennial. Anthony, mm -hmm. you were the said millennial on that podcast. Right. Uh, but anyway, just just kind of uh, so that didn't come out of left field, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for anybody unfamiliar with it. If uh, anybody wants to hear Anthony's experience with the ass in the can, which is a very real experience <laughs> that Anthony had, <laughs> you can check out our podcast. <laughs> well, yeah. So, how did you guys like meet each other? Oh God, I don't know. He, and well, you know, he lives here. He probably was skulking around my yard at some point. <laughs> Got any books? Ryan. For me? Ryan doesn't remember that. Ryan doesn't remember this, but I started as a Ryan C. Thomas fanboy. So I read The Summer I Died probably in my, I think it was like 19 or 20 when I read it. Um, we met through a mutual friend, Cody Goodfellow, at one of Cody's signings because Ryan was there and Cody introduced us. Ryan probably doesn't remember that. I, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember. It was a meaningful moment for me. <laughs> no, I, I do remember... Um, 
I do remember you. I don't. Was that Cody signing? Because you were there with the book. You had. I think it was the summer I died. And you yeah, asked me. Cody to, had told me before. He was like, you know, I think Ryan's probably coming if you want to bring his books. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. You asked me well, to sign it, and I was very caught off guard because I was just going to see, hang out with Cody. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No. That's, <laughs> so that was our first meeting, really. Yeah. I don't, okay, I do. I do kind of vaguely remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it's and then been all downhill just, since then, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, uphill for me, but it's. Uh, and then I think how long just ago sort of was plateaued that? Plateaued for me. I was like, oh, this kid's around now. All right. Wow. <laughs> Someone's got to come over and fix your computer, Dad. That's true. <laughs> the way I heard that was like your computer dad, like his dad was made of computers. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh wow! <laughs> now I have a lot more questions. <laughs> and then uh, after that, we just kind of existed. Like I'd run into Ryan, and Ryan would be like, "Hey, it's that guy," and I'm like, oh, "Hey." And then you, you, we you, did were, you, you were bumping around town as some a mutual friend of ours. You were his assistant for a little while. So I was doing it. I we want you doing... to take that comment and I want you to cram it right up your ass. We were doing this event downtown. Am I going to? I'm just going to tell the story because it's funny. Uh, we were doing an event that I was asked to come speak at an event downtown. That's another local author was putting on. And uh, so you were there. You were like doing the, um, the audio visual portion of it at some point. And uh, the person who was sort of hosting the event introduced you as his assistant which was news to you, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a running joke we have right now is that Anthony's our assistant. And, uh, but it's funny because cause it kind of, I think it, I think it kind of, we felt like that for a, a few months. We were like, oh, well, that's just that dude's assistant. <laughs> and then, uh, but no, it turns out, no, that was a, that was just a bad joke that ran for a while. <laughs> oh, God. It still haunts me to this day. That just that just uh, I need to make a mental note to start introducing some of my more quieter friends as my assistant. <laughs> it, it works if they're quiet and they're like, I'll just yeah. quiet Anthony and see was, them in you, the corner, and then one day your brakes don't work. <laughs> Anthony was pissed about that. <laughs> he should have been. Yeah. Um, so, that, uh, oh, yeah. So then right. we started. We started doing some stuff. So once I and then you got because you got a book out on. Uh, um, oh God, what is it in? The Bizarro. Right. So my first novella came Eraserhead. out on Eraserhead Press. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, what was that? Uh, so I was part of their new Bizarro author series for that year. Uh, so I wrote this weird sci-fi body horror book called King Space Void. God, I, I haven't said that title in years. Um, I'm really up? interested in that. So it's what, good. I like I like King Space Void. He thinks I'm fucking blowing smoke up his ass in a can every time I say it, but I thought it was a good book. <laughs> and it was when I was like, oh, he can write. And he's a good writer. You know? So at that point, I think that's when we started trying to do some projects together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that came out in 2015. 15 i think that yeah that was a while ago um much to uh very polarizing opinions is the nicest thing i can say about that book so <laughs> by, by well, who i mean hmm. fellow authors or audience or oh well, reviewers just uh, reviewers go ahead, that, no i was gonna say review fuck, fucking reviewers man it's there it's always polarized 
I don't, I don't, I rarely get like a three star. It's either like a, a four or five or just a one. I fucking hate this guy. I want to find him and murder him. Like it's never, you never, never get like the, you know, my whole point is like, you know, don't want, don't look at the reviews. It's a good book. I liked it. And it, for as young as you were at the time, I was like, this guy's got some skills. So that's when we started talking about projects. Also, isn't that kind of what you'd rather have? Is either people love it or hate it, like not middle of the road. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, I, 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 I have, think so. I have, some personal, I have some personal issues with it, like, um, like I, I don't know, uh, the editing that did not occur on it before <laughs> yeah, it was published. Yeah. Mm. It's yeah. got some, uh, yeah. The editing is. Uh, we don't want to drop names, but there's a certain person who <laughs> edited a few books from some people we know around that time and. Did not. I don't. Didn't do anything really. Don't, just made sure. Editing. <laughs> Ran it through spell check. <laughs> I don't even know if they did that. <laughs> well, I think. I think here. I mean, I can kind of. I'll. I'll tell this story just because I don't think it's. It's bad. I just think that like I turned in a draft and then I thought we were going to get notes and edits back on it because my uh, my assumption was that was all part of the process. Also, I was very new to like publishing at this point. So I was just, I didn't want to get known for being difficult right out the gate and be like, well, what about this? What about that? So I was just like, I'm just going to see what happens, right? And then and then I woke up one morning and my book is on the internet and it's out. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so in like the first, the first review for it is this was, was two things. <laughs> well, the first thing I woke up to was somebody telling me it was, it was out and seeing it on the internet and then a message from an editor saying, Hey, the editing and this is absolute garbage. Do you want to like pay me to fix it for you? And I was like, I gotta throw up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, they kind of did you dirty there. They they didn't edit it for you, which because the writing is good. Everybody, you know, everybody makes mistakes as a writer. Um, everybody needs an editor. Your writing is good and the story is good. If the editing had been better, I don't think you would have gotten some of the reviews you got. So that was, uh, you said that was more of a bizarro type, uh, story. Um, do you, yep. what's your primary focus as a, as a writer? Like, I, it, I, I don't think good. Uh, well, I mean, is, or is there even a primary focus? Some people, you know, just write extreme at, or whatever. At the time. Yeah. I mean, I've always kind of written in different genres at the time. I was kind of trying to write, I think a bizarro book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely feels that way looking back on that book in particular. But now I, I when people ask me that question, I usually just say weird fiction because it's kind of this all encompassing genre label where I can just, you know, I can do weird sci fi and horror and, and kind of mix erotica, erotica and all this stuff all together. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be just like one thing. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Watch as Ryan takes a nap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. No, I mean, because uh, honestly, my only exposure to to your uh... is is Asher wearing combat boots. What is going on over there? She's got rain boots on that light up. They're like cowboy boots almost. Yeah. <laughs> well, my only uh, exposure to uh, you know your writing is actually out of the San Diego Horror Professionals book. Uh, you know, good. Sam- what was it? Good Samaritan. 
and then uh, altered physiques out of that tales tales of horrorgasm or and that uh, I mean I really enjoyed both of those but again I haven't I haven't had the chance to read uh, much of your work so I I didn't know you know one way or another if if you were primarily focusing on one genre or the other but yeah anyway. oh thanks for picking up the comic I, I feel like i'd never hear about that comic so thank you uh you so that one that one nice <laughs> yeah that one ryan actually gave us <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, awesome. but i did buy the san diego horror professionals in fact ryan was cool enough to uh i guess i don't know when you did this but you got everybody to sign it before you mailed it and so that oh did cool. i yeah oh cool yeah, I don't even cool. have one like that. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I think we I'll, I think I'll we had done an, an event together. That's when Metal Essig was still living in San Diego. He's since where is he now? Tennessee. Tennessee. And uh, so I think we did we did an event together, and I had some. Yeah, I grabbed grabbed everybody to sign it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I really really uh, like those. Uh, now you have two volumes, right? Three. Three. Oh, then I'm yeah, sleeping on one. We did that. We did that one, a Christmas one, and then the final one, which we added some other local people to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it all started to fall apart, when it was no longer just like the, whoever it was, the five or six of us that were doing it. And we had brought in other people thinking it was going to like help kind of push the series or whatever, and, and it just sort of fell flat. And and then everybody was griping about the name, and there was a whole war with the HWA, and I was just like, bring it on, motherfuckers. <laughs> so... Alright, let's I wanna hear these war stories. Is that it? Uh, well, I'm the one griping about the name because I fucking hate it. So that that was me and I think Chad. So yeah, cause well, cause Chad's in the HWA. So for me it was like, well, let's do it. I wanted to market this somehow as a local writer, you know, anthology. And so I was like, well, let's just call it the San Diego horror. Well, I think it was original was like saying it horror writers, and then someone was like, "No, nah, don't do that." I forget. Uh, was it David who was like, "Oh, let's just yeah. let's go with San Diego Horror Professionals," and I went, "Okay, yeah. good, because that's easy easy to market. It's just something that we can brand, and if it if it works and it sells, we can do new volumes." Blah blah blah. Well, there is a local San Diego Horror Writers Association chapter, ah. and they got very, they got very upset at us, and wanted us to change the name. And so Chad, who is in their group, was kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to out Chad here, but like he was like kind of like telling us what was going on. He's like, this is what they're saying, and this is what they're doing, and you know they're going to the the HWA in uh, LA, and they're talking to whoever was the chapter head at the time or the the head of the organization at the time. And so it was like, they're I don't know if it was like getting close to like some sort of like cease and desist lawsuit or whatever but I'm like you got you can't like just it's San Diego Heart Professionals you can't just tell us we can't do that so at that point I was just like it was more about like me just kind of like uh being unwavering in 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 light of what was starting to become something very stupid and childish does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah I don't remember any of that <laughs> you don't remember any of this I don't remember any of this. But, okay. but I, I'm pretty sure I still have all the emails. <laughs> the emails are it like, was just... Anthony's like, I'm totally invested in this and willing to fight, however. Yeah, it, it's an email that just says, the subject line is just, fuck the HWA. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what to do. Uh, yeah, no, no, I... I, I 
kind of rings a bell, but I think yeah, it was just it so was dumb just... that my brain was like, I'll ignore this because that's stupid. Right. Well, then it became, I didn't, I was like, no, we're not changing it because there's no reason for us to change it. And we had already started like doing branding and had the Facebook page that someone had set up for ourselves and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm not going to change this just because it sounds similar. We're six little guys selling a local book. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. You know? So I was like, no, fuck, I'm not changing it. Because it was just so petty. It was so fucking petty. <laughs> I'm happy we're all over it. Um. <laughs> yeah, we, this is no. not a thing we talk about anymore. <laughs> so, so maybe not any... Uh, uh, more San Diego horror professionals books, but it, are y'all thinking that there may ever be any more local anth- anthologies that you put together or nay? Uh, I don't think I would put it together. If somebody else wants to do it, then sure. Which means it's never going to happen. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do it. Well, Sorry, there's three my... volumes out there. If people want to, you know, they got three volumes to to go through. There's plenty of content, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like these. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, they, I don't know. It's it's a really good, like, I hate to use this term, but basically like a plain book, you know? It's something you can you can read in like a th- three hours. <laughs> I, thought, or something. I thought you meant like... Just like it was boring. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, like, like writing on a plane. Sorry, like a travel book. Gotcha, yeah. In a, like, I, I don't know, I... I, I read the the other one. I, I don't have a paperback copy. This one I do. I, the other one's on my Kindle, but I read one of them on a plane. Maybe that's why I'm like, it's the novel for planes <laughs> or it's the book for planes. <laughs> but uh, it was supposed to be like a sampler, right? Like, yeah. like you get, you remember those compilation CDs they used to make, like record companies used to put them out and it's like, here's all these different bands. Check out their album if you like this. That's kind of was the idea with it. Yeah. At least from yeah. my perspective. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Brian and I know all about this. <laughs> yeah, we we put out a few. We used to have a punk label. Uh, oh, okay. So we put out. What was it called? <laughs> Monkacopter Records. Monkacopter. <laughs> yeah, remember me telling you? You know, we weren't really the best about marketing. <laughs> yeah. Prime yeah. example. <laughs> but I like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is what you get when you cross a monkey in a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we never said we were smart. <laughs> but, but yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, we, we did a few of those. Those were fun. But I agree. It, it really is. It, it's a good, uh, it is kind of like that. It's a good sampler of, you know, everyone's writing styles mm-hmm. and, and that uh, sort of thing. Um, yeah, there's no there's no theme. I think that's the important part of those. Well, the Christmas one had a theme, yeah. Christmas, but but the other two are just open. Like, do whatever you want. I get kind of tired of. I haven't read an anthology in a long time, but I, it felt like so many in the last ten years were like this is this is a Bigfoot anthology and this is a killer uh, snake anthology and it's just like I don't know who can just read twenty eight killer snake stories in a row. It's you know it's boring. No one. Honestly, yeah, I find those harder to finish, the ones with themes, unless it's holiday, holiday theme ones, uh, you know, because there's so, so many different areas you can go. You're not right. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've read, you know, multiple Christmases and uh, at least one Easter a- anthology. Um, and I like I agree. I like them better whenever they're not focused on these are all my Bigfoot stories. 
It's like 28 <laughs> stories of people getting killed by Bigfoot. Um, yep. But yeah, so so back to hissers real quick. Um, is this? <laughs> I'm sorry. Great to, segue. <laughs> <laughs> is this uh, a trilogy or uh, will there be more? Uh, no, this is a trilogy. It's done finally, thankfully. Um, it Welcome. it was meant to be done. <laughs> Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, it was meant to be done a long time ago, just book one, book two, book three, within like a three-year span, but it ended up taking ten years to get that last book out. But yeah, it's done. This is a contained story in three volumes, and um, that's it. Yeah, and people really seem to dig this series. Uh, in a nutshell, what would you... what? What's your elevator pitch for the series? Oh... I don't have an elevator pitch. It's basically, um, it was my sort of like Resident Evil meets, I think when I had pitched it to Premier way back in the day, it was like Resident Evil meets The Breakfast Club kind of a thing. But somebody told me The Breakfast Club was an outdated reference because, you know, the teenagers reading histories have no idea what The Breakfast Club is. Um, So maybe more along the lines of like Resident Evil meets the Goonies or something. I don't know. But it's basically, you know, you've got these 14-year-old kids and there's an outbreak of a plague that turns people into like mutated monster undead. I don't don't like to pitch it as a zombie story because there's just too much zombie stuff out there. Um, But it's more along the lines of like the T-virus in the Resident Evil games. Yeah, that's like how you mention that Breakfast Club is an outdated reference and then still pick another movie at the same time. <laughs> you know you know why? I don't know if you can see what sh- <laughs> That's why it was in my head. You're like yeah, they they just wouldn't get it. I guess it's kind of like the little rascals if they were a little older. <laughs> Yeah, remind you to say it's like the Maltese Falcon meets Night of the Living Dead. Uh, what's a what's a local? What's a more uh, recent sort of like coming of age? I don't know. Stranger Things with mutant monsters. Yeah. Okay. There you go. See, this is why I need the millennial. I need I need you on my side, Ann, because he gets it. Um, just so everybody yes. knows, I'm on the older side of millennial. I I, I just yeah. turned how old? Thirty five. Ryan, is that how old I am now? Yeah. Yeah, you're aging so. out. I'm aging out of the youth. I don't think you can age out of a, a generation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Millennial doesn't slowly morphing out. into Gen X. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kill me when I get to the boomers. Yeah, I guess Brian and I are both just a little older than than you, and yeah. uh, um, we're so I, still millennials too. What are you? You're 38. I'll be 38 this August, and yeah. so um. So yeah, I'm definitely like finally hitting the age where there's pop culture references that I don't get. Like, who the hell's who's who's the baby? You know, it's like (laughs) like, I was thinking of uh, I was thinking of Kiss My Grits the other night, and I was like, what? Who do I know that knows Kiss My Grits? Do you guys know Kiss My Grits? Yeah. Yeah, uh, but you keep in mind we're not we're we're not young and hip either. Yeah, dude. Like, I found myself the other day being like, "Ugh, TikTok," and then I had to remind myself, "There's stuff that you people hated when you were young. Just let it go, man. Just oh, let dude, it go." I I think TikTok is absolutely my preferred platform these days. It's so good. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah I. It waste. was the only reason I was going to vote for Trump again because he said he was going <laughs> to shut it down. 
history three good talk guys yeah yeah uh no i mean if the audience wants to read along with us over the next three episodes we'll be covering one book at a time um i i can't wait to to get into it unfortunately i did you know we didn't have time to basically read all three books in preparation for this interview um but uh you know just do what i did in high school you just read the back well, and extrapolate. I was like, could we Are just read volume three? <laughs> could we start with volume three? But that would not be smart. So, no. uh, yeah. But yeah. anyway. So, yeah. Uh, what was it? Two, three years ago, our big summer uh, book that we covered over multiple episodes was It. We went back and reread It. Um, mm-hmm. And that was what, like four episodes or something? That was the only book that we've done over multiple episodes. So this will be, it'll be Yaw and It will be the only ones that I can think of that we've done over multiple episodes. But anyway, yeah, if people want to go back or go check those books out um, and read with us over the next few episodes, it should be a good time. Uh, But um, Yeah. And, and you heard it here, folks. History three on the same level as it. <laughs> Without even reading it. Yeah. 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 Boom. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, thank y'all for coming on. I, and uh, we're going to, uh, before we get into the next segment, is there anything y'all want to plug? Uh, I think we touched on a lot of it. We got the Horrorgasm comic, uh, the San Diego Horror Professionals series. We're working on some other things right now. The history series. Anthony, get pick up King Space Void. I, I think it's a great book. It. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I don't know. What else? Is, is there anything else we want to put out there? Uh, I mean, there is the San Diego Horror Professionals Volume 3 that doesn't get enough love. And I'm actually super proud of the story that I wrote that's in that one. So that yeah. one. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it. All right. Well, you guys. Oh, gonna... uh, should I? Is this only writing stuff? Should I plug other stuff? I'm bad at this stuff. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Um, so I co-host a podcast on Philip K. Dick called Dickheads, where hey. we're reading all the Philip K. Dick books in chronological order of publication. Uh, so we just did an episode with uh, Dick scholar David Gill, which uh, on uh, We Can Build You, and that's me, Larry Hall, and David Agernoff. Oh, cool. Nice. That's really cool. And I, and I guess we should plug our podcast since we're here, Two Dads and a Millennial. Again, Anthony's experience with the ass in the can is very real. <laughs> I, so what, do people two, think it's fake? Are check out Two Dads and a Millennial. And like, I don't believe Anthony bought a bargain basement ass in a can. Well, it's true. He did. He did. Yeah. I love I love the podcast. I, and I don't know. I told you all off air. But yeah, on air. I love the podcast. It, I... I New episode drops, and it's the first thing I listen to, you know, getting ready and going to work and stuff. And so I, I love the podcast. Un- if y'all hadn't checked it out, definitely check that podcast out. Uh, I haven't heard any of Dickheads yet, but I will check it out. Um, uh, but- we do not condone any of Brian Killian's alt-right statements. <laughs> <laughs> I got us, Brian. <laughs> well we will uh we'll be back and we're gonna all talk about the film shadow in a cloud in the clouds so anyway we'll be right back okay shadow in the cloud all right we'll be right back 
And we're back with uh, 2020's Shadow in the Cloud, directed by Roseanne Ling, Liang, uh, written by Max Landis and Roseanne Liang. Um, okay, so here's the IMDb synopsis. It says, a female World War II pilot traveling with top secret documents on a B-17 flying fortress encounters an evil presence on board the flight. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, in that's a nutshell. The plot. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the plot. <laughs> Um, it really does it justice, but no. that's the plot. No, and in fact, <laughs> I think you can't give away more than that, though, because one of the things that's so great about the movie is the surprises that happen. Yeah, yeah, false, false. <laughs> yeah. I think Anthony and I are gonna go at it. I can tell. Yeah, you, we we're, are. We're gonna I'm get more fisticuffs on this. Get the octagon ready now. Yeah. <laughs> so I had I knew nothing about this movie. Me neither. Right? Um, and then yeah, I me. saw a post that somebody did on Reddit. That was like, I don't know, it was like something about what's the most ridiculous scene you've ever seen in a movie or something like that. And somebody posted a GIF <laughs> from this movie, which I bet you can probably guess which part it was. I know exactly and, what you're talking mm-hmm. about. And like instantly I was like, OK, we need to watch this movie. I was like, I don't know what it's about, <laughs> but we need to do it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, this is a weird one. It's real weird. It starts off like quiet and mysterious. You know, you have this female uh, potential stowaway because her identity and everything is not known to the audience suspect. or anything. Yeah, it's suspect. She's on on board a flight with like a, a kind of a uh, well, not even kind the of most a, misogynistic yeah. flight <laughs> ever. Yeah. Oh one of the God. most. Yeah, and and, and uh, you know she's got kind of a shifty accent uh, and this bag that's mysterious, and she keeps assuring them that she's on the up and up. Uh, and honestly. Which is one way to gain people's trust. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, honestly, what, for 20, 25 minutes, it's kind of just her down, uh, I'm blanking on... In the gunner pod. Yeah. In the, the belly, the gun belly, whatever it's called. Yeah, I, I was thinking that. I'm like, this is... It held my attention for 20 minutes of just watching a woman sit down. Yeah, <laughs> in in a tiny little bubble, I was like, yeah, it, uh, you know, it held my attention. Yeah, and it was well, almost- good too because they have the inserts of each like when they're talking and kind of introducing the crew guys visually to you and stuff. Like it does some really yeah. cool stuff that keeps that from being super <laughs> dull. Mm-hmm. My wife actually watched this movie with me. She usually doesn't because she's not a real horror fan, right? And she was like disappointed she was like i kind of wish the whole movie was just her and the pod because it would have been hilarious mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like nothing else happened but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it was stylistically it was interesting though even though even oh, though she was just seen back yeah oh, no. sorry oh, no. that's me hold on okay sorry <laughs> wait up right. fuck it up <laughs> i'm sorry i had to fix something oh no worries is it back no yeah that's fine all right. Okay, sorry. Brian, what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying it was like, you know, what we're saying, it's it, it was stylistically interesting. It wasn't just, you know, I mean, it was a static shot of her in the bubble, but there was, you know, like Anthony was saying, inserts and things that made it, you know, more than that and kept your attention. Yeah. Yeah, I like how they made it because at first I was like, well, this is a kind of a cheap way to show who's talking up in the plane. But then I was like, oh, I think this is how she's seeing it in her head. Yeah. Which, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, 
Uh, we won't give anything away. The film uh, turns into something else entirely. <laughs> it, it, it's crank on a plane. Yeah. That's what it is. It's, I think Richard Matheson's estate has a lawsuit, maybe, too. <laughs> yeah, good call. Is this a spoiler-free podcast for this uh, episode? For spoiler new free, stuff. What are we... Or just preface I mean, the spoiler, like okay. uh, fifteen seconds. You know, fast forward. Okay, because uh, I can't talk about all the stuff I hate without spoiling the movie. So okay, so if you yeah, cram it into thirty seconds, uh, fast forward <laughs> if you haven't seen it and go. <laughs> no, uh, no, I, I think maybe turn it off. We can do spoilers. That's fine. I would say, I would say, honestly, go watch the movie, come back, and listen to this episode because there's so much happening in this movie. It's, I think it's going to be a little hard to talk about without revealing certain, yeah, I, certain things. Plus, like, aside from the one of the big reveals, mm-hmm. I feel like there's not really too much actual plot we could spoil. Yeah, just crazy shit that we could spoil. Yeah, yeah. Cra- crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> So, so what's up? What were you going to say? All right, hold on. So, yeah, turn it off and watch it. And the rest of this podcast will be spoiler filled. If you want to turn it <laughs> off uh, in general, uh, next week we'll be back with uh, Patrick. In general? <laughs> <laughs> Patrick <laughs> And uh, we're covering Psycho Ape and Hissers, volume one. All right, <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> what were you saying about marketing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you want to turn it off and unsubscribe, <laughs> you can just unfriend us. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, Anthony, what were you? What were you gonna say that you hated? I just, oh, I just, all of it. Um, but I just wanted to, uh, I just, I just wanted to ask before I misspoke and then and fucked up the flow. Uh, first of all, I do wish this were Chev Chelios on this fucking plane because that would have been great. Um. To just have Ooh. Jason Statham from Crank. Statham's character. Crank guy. I wish, because it would just be him punching a uh, a gremlin in the face for like 20 minutes. Which would have been pretty cool. But, uh, he did that thing. You know, eh, fair. Did he punch the Megalodon? I don't. Brian, I, I, that question was for you, the guy who watched it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see the Meg. He did. Uh, he does. He does at the end. He kind of like he knife fights the megalodon at the end. Holy shit! <laughs> I've got to watch it now. And now, and now I got to watch this. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, I thought it's a fun movie. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't. I, I the reveals in this movie are, don't work for me, and it, it's because the movie becomes so tonally different once <laughs> she gets out of the pod that it becomes a completely different movie that I it is. I yeah. could not get into. And also, I feel like the baby in the box is a super easy plot device that doesn't add any stakes for me, right? Like, I was super interested in her character and what was going on in the first 20, I would say 20 to 30 minutes or so, and then it just becomes this movie that I, I was like, that's it. The whole thing was she's just parting this baby around. Was there a muffler in that box? Because I've been around babies before, and... <laughs> She said they she cry a lot. She sedated it, is what yeah, she said. Okay. But yeah. Uh, okay. First off, Anthony's wrong I gave on this all baby accounts. And then I put it in this box. Oh man! What, Brian? Anthony's wrong. Um, uh, oh okay. Go ahead. I I was totally surprised by the, the baby in the box. I actually did not see it coming, and I think it lent a lot of great tension to what is 
at that point becomes basically a superhero movie on a plane almost. It's almost like this was I thought this movie was better than Black Widow, to be honest with you, in terms of like female heroine films. Bubblegum popcorn action female heroine films. I liked it better than fucking Black Widow. I did too. And, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I love this movie. Yeah, this movie's great. In fact, I watched it the first night having no idea what it was about by myself and I was like, God damn, this movie's amazing. So then the next two nights ago I made my wife watch it and she doesn't usually watch movies like this and she loved it. She was like, Yes You know, like totally rooting for her and when the baby when the baby the box is hanging on the underside of the plane and like maybe because you don't have kids, Anthony, I don't know. But we were like, Get the fucking baby you know? Yeah, I think that has that's why you hate the ending of the mist is because you have kids. Oh, that, I love that's, that dude, that's the, yes. But yeah, it's it, a, it, it, your dad. I hate that on. ending. It's a stupid. No dad, one would do that. Take your dad's. It's the stupidest off, ending, <laughs> dude. Yeah. It's implausible. I know that her climbing under the belly of this plane, holding onto bullet holes, is implausible. No, the, no but I was. But they set it up. Talent. Yeah, it's like actually like it's like hand. It's not handholds, but like they're like in the. Oh, I thought she was like grabbing onto like a bullet hole or something. Oh, if it was bullet holes, that'd even be more bad. Yeah, that'd be cooler. (laughs) (laughs) But like they set this movie up early on. As soon as you see the monster, that like okay, just suspend disbelief. We're gonna we're gonna get a little crazy with this. I really liked the monster's design though, because yeah, it's like a bat, but without wings until later. But um, I don't know. Going into it, like I had no idea what it was about. But then like you know, you think about it and then there's also there's that animated scene at the beginning that kind of explains what the whole movie's gonna be about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. That's a it's a bad spoiler. Hard for the disagree. Film. That's actually a fun way to open the film. And yeah, really and like without it you get into like Dust Till Dawn territory. Where, yeah, yeah, that's what I was where thinking. it's a completely different movie and if you're not ready for it, then it's like, you know, it it's make it or break it. But I thought she was going to be some, like, you know, OSS agent or whatever. And then in the box was going to be, like, a baby gremlin. Yeah, I did, and too. That's and that's why, why they were also thought attacking that. it. Yeah. I thought so, it was something to fight the gremlins. I don't understand why the gremlins wanted the baby so bad. That's just the thing that just kind of happens. They eat babies. The yeah, maybe gremlins eat babies. Yeah, there's a lot about gremlins I don't know. Do your research, Ann. Apparently, me too. <laughs> all my all my information about Gremlins is from Gremlins One and Gremlins Two. <laughs> so when when you know, I was disappointed that the vegetable Gremlin never showed up. <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> yeah, I want a lightning Gremlin. I want the spider Gremlin. The googly eyed Gremlin. That spider Gremlin was freaky though. Yeah, but those I are fucking killer. Yeah, I'm excited about the new Gremlin show that's coming out. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I yeah, it's, there's a new Gremlins movie and an animated show both coming out. Oh. Yeah, I oh, think really? I didn't know there's a movie. That. I'm more excited about yeah. that than the Chucky TV show coming out. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the animated show is on HBO Max, and it's like a kid show. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, it, it, but back to this. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> I uh, like literally. Okay, so my wife and I were watching this. And she she had just like was kind of in and out of the room. She's like eh, kind of interested. And I think there when the movie shifted, you know, I was like, "Holy shit, I am in!" Like, and she's like, "I'm gonna go to sleep." <laughs> <laughs> that's, see, that's that's the response I had. It's crazy. I had the exact opposite response. I was so in, and then the movie's tone shifts, and I go, 
you know, I'm just gonna check. Oh my god, this is the reason I watch movies. Like movies like this. <laughs> like I like good ones too, and I don't think this is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that this is a good movie, but I think that this, oh. for what it was, w- was it's super so entertaining. Fun. It was like shoot them up, super entertaining. Crank, yeah, and, shoot em up. That's what I I was thinking of shoot 'em up when I was watching it. I was like, this is just like shoot 'em up. It's so over the another top. Another movie I hate. Yeah. Oh, come on. I don't know if I can be right. friends with you anymore. <clears throat> I lo- uh, but I love Crank and Crank Two. So Crank Two's Crank two my is favorite. like the pinnacle of cinema. <laughs> but also has one of the best <laughs> It also has a, a killer Mike Patton soundtrack. Like yeah. the whole score for Crank Two is amazing. Yeah. I don't know if I saw Crank Two. Is that the one what's the one where he's at the horse races? Uh that is oh God, is that one or two? Where they I can't remember. I they can't... bleed together. Yeah, it's the one where yeah. they turn into kaijus, basically. Yeah. Was there a scene yeah. where they grew to like two hundred <laughs> feet tall? No. Then you, yeah. saw, then you saw number then one. You saw... Okay. <laughs> I guess I need to see number two then. <laughs> yeah. Is that a real thing that happens? Yeah. It's a real yeah. thing that happens. Yeah, Crank 2 oh, gets man. insane. It's, it's, uh, if I remember correctly, it's like a, an homage to um, like the uh, what was going to happen in like the Toho Godzilla versus King Kong. Because he's, okay. he's like smaller and he gets like electrified and grows. Okay. And so it's like they're fighting in a in a electrical like um, plant, and they get uh-huh. shocked and grow like to kaiju size. Yeah, and oh, Lloyd man, fight okay, for a while. Lloyd it's Kaufman, amazing. Lloyd Kaufman from Troma is like one of the uh, like a construction worker that goes, ah! you know, and then they grow. <laughs> yeah, nice. it's it's uh, it's a crazy movie. But yeah, I yeah. loved. I I loved this film. I thought it was really dumb, but very <laughs> fun. And uh, yeah. the scene that I think we all know one of the craziest shit that's ever happened in a movie. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. I got goosebumps. I was like, finally, <laughs> yes, finally, we're seeing we're seeing what I want to see. <laughs> See, I didn't know that I didn't know that scene was going to happen, even though I had seen you in our little chat. You had mentioned something about a crazy scene, so I had no idea. So when she fell, I was like, "No!" <laughs> Me too. My legs. I was. I my was legs got weak. Genuinely, I was like, "No!" <laughs> what about but the baby? But then that scene happened, and I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> I was like, "I am so into this. I am loving this." <laughs> It was totally something out of a dumb superhero movie, you know. That was just like, yes, this is awesome. It was, it was something it out was of something. like a. <laughs> it, it, was, it was something out of like a Buster Keaton film, you know. Is is yeah. really what it was. Yeah. Yep. It. Yeah. I mean, that's basically great. a Looney Tunes bit. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. The, this movie was. I can't believe I'd never heard of this movie. Like nothing. Is it? Yeah, because yeah, it, is it because of the Max COVID? Landis controversy or oh, COVID or maybe. what? That's I how say, I heard it. Is it so. not released <laughs> theaters? No. It, well, it just no, says I, it came out in 2020, doesn't it? Well, it uh, came out during COVID, so I. So I looked yeah. into that. Apparently, it came out January 1st this year. But it says 2020 oh. because it ha- it was on Toronto International Film Festival in 2020. Oh, okay. Because so, I was thinking it did, it just didn't make it to theaters because of the quarantine or something. So, since we play fast and loose with our best of the years, 
This sounds like it's a 2021 nominee. It might be. <laughs> it might be for me. I'll tell you it's one thing. It, in my worst of the year, guys. I'll tell you one thing. Old no, will not be it. in my best of the year. Ugh. Hated it. Old oh, new, new Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Yeah. yeah, I stopped watching his movies. I, uh, I, I saw the trailer remember. for that the last time I went to the movies, and I was like, "What is this fucking movie called?" And then it just does the title card real loud. Old. <laughs> I laughed for twenty. Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the that new is- Jordan Peele. And it's like all all that's known so far is that poster. Have you seen that? It's like oh a, yeah yeah. It's just like a cloud with like a kite, like yeah. a ter- stereotypical like cartoon kite string. Yeah, and it just says. I nope. kept looking. <laughs> I kept looking for a title, and I was just like, "What is this?" <laughs> I don't care though. I'm excited. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> I mean, I, oh, I'll watch. I'm gonna watch old. I'll watch the shit out of old. I just might not like it, but I'll watch it. I saw it yesterday. I. It's one of my. Le- it's not his worst film in my opinion, but it's nowhere near his best. Um, the well, listen, guys, who watched Pig with Nicholas Cage? I haven't. I heard it was interesting. It's kind of great. I'll be right back. But my oh, bye, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I knew nothing about Pig going into it, and then I watched it, and I was like, "Why am I crying so much? It's just a movie about Nicholas Cage and a pig." Yeah, I've heard it described as like hipster John Wick. Kind of, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's totally like A24. It's like A24 John Wick is how I would put it. Yeah. <clears throat> is the pig a metaphor for grief? No, it's a very real pig. No, oh, okay. So There's we're... definitely a very real pig in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but I honestly... I hear I... Nicolas Cage say, I want my pig back. <laughs> Huh. Well, I don't have a lot more to say about Shadow in the Cloud. Do you, Brian? Uh, I have. You know, all I really want to say is, um, <clears throat> like, I was actually very, very impressed with how good the special effects was on what I'm assuming to be a, a very low budget. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like they did some ambitious things like at the end, whenever she's having the fight scene with the gremlin in the water. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. That, that was that's awesome. Extru- that's like really, really hard, though, to do like special effects wise. And then it turns out it was Weta. And so it's like, oh, well, that makes sense because it's a it's a New Zealand movie. Right. Uh, and so right. Weta's the people who did Lord District nine and uh, Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. Yeah. But I was just very impressed, actually, with like how good all the special effects actually looked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 there were some that were a little dodgy. But yeah. Uh, I thought the plan yeah, I like the those were well. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just like the effects even when she's looking down in the clouds. And you see like the tail of a plane go by, yeah. and it's like a it's really, it's almost shark. It's like a shark, yeah. yeah. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would, I, I think rating, I, I would give this a four and a half out of five. I would That's go exactly that where high. I was going to. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not legendary, and honestly, I think a fair rating, two out of five, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> two out of five. I'll go, I'll go with a four, a four, four and a half, yeah. But it's yeah. just fun, man. It's just a fun fucking movie. And I watched it twice. I don't know how many times you guys watched it. Just the one. But uh, the, se- the, the second time around, it it was even better because I kind of knew sort of what was going on. And there's little like there's just little moments here and there where so like 
um, in the beginning when she goes on the plane and she's introducing herself to all the guys, I didn't notice the look that she gives to her boyfriend the first time I watched it. But like, if you watch it again, it's a very clear look that they know each other, you know? So, so there's a lot of stuff I caught the second time around and like just weird things. Like when she's getting on the plane in the beginning, there's like this weird cable that's moving underneath the plane, which maybe that's definitely the tail. What? She mentions that. Is, oh, does is, she? She's like, she's like, there's a hydraulic cable loose or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah. See, I didn't see that. I didn't. I guess I didn't hear her say it, but I saw it the second time around. I didn't see it. But yeah, go watch it again because there's a lot of stuff that you miss. You know, and even even when she's uh, giving the, the the box over and stuff, just you, you once you now that you know what's in it the second time around, the the way she's acting, she does a really good job. You know, she's definitely like conveying like oh there's something in there that i don't want you to touch i need to touch i think she's a good actress yeah i think she's yeah, a good actress totally she's she's been great since she for what do you guys remember her earlier role she was great as hit girl and even though yeah. i don't care for those kick-ass movies she's good in them i she's, love she's i really love good part in one. rock uh yeah. yeah 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 i think she's a good actress hell i even liked her in the carrie remake uh, oh, that's she, right. She did do that. I'll, I'll, go, I'll do you one even worse. She was good in Dark Shadows remake. Oh, yeah. I watched that on a plane. Oh, I yeah. couldn't get through uh, that. Wasn't she also in the Let the Right One In remake? Yeah. Yeah. And was the, she? <laughs> yeah. And for a remake, that wasn't that bad. Like, it was good. It, yeah. I, it I wasn't the, terrible. It, the, the original was better by a long shot. <laughs> but honestly, I, I liked the Carrie remake not as good as the original, or not as well as the original, but I I, I thought it was a good movie. I thought but, it was a good movie, too. But, yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm glad. Uh, Wait, Anthony, how, how many, what, what's your rating out of five? Oh, two. He said two. Um, but, oh, I, I didn't hear uh, But <laughs> let, me, let me explain real quick, just because I feel like I'm just sounding like a total hater. It's It's my biggest issue with this movie is the tonal shift because what it does is at the beginning it sets up this really cool world war ii monster on a plane film where she's stuck in this under like gun turret under under it with these really interesting like inserts in this look i'm a sucker for an 80s synth score even though as i was watching it i'm like it feels not totally applicable for a world war ii film like it, it it clashes with that aesthetic I was like, all right, I'm still I'm still here for it because it does these other things better. And then when the movie switches its tone, it takes out all the stuff that I really liked in the buildup and jettisons it in favor of a lot of pulpy nonsense, which had the movie done a better job setting up for me earlier on, I would have liked more. Um, but once she gets blown back into the plane from another plane exploding, I was like, I hate this fucking movie so much. I hate it. But... But I get why everybody had fun with it, and I'm also just a really picky bitch. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't think I don't have any issues with any of your opinion on it. I think yeah, it's I think super valid. I can yeah. and I can see where you're coming from. Uh, yeah. I I I don't know. I I just think for for the right person, this is going to be a really fun movie. I also think if totally for the wrong person, you may yeah have have some uh, big time questions about how, what else I'm rating for. <laughs> but but I could. This is a very divisive movie. I looked at the reviews on Amazon after I watched it, and people either love it or hate it. Yeah, 
you know, it's and very diverse. People hating either side of it. You yeah, know, like I, I can see people really hating the the bottle episode at the beginning, mm-hmm. and you know, really hating you know, like either or. But. Well, when I when I first watched it, in fact, if you go back, I made a little post on Facebook about it. I, I say <laughs> I, I say I didn't like the first half. I loved the second half. When I watched it again the other night with my wife, I loved all of it. I was yeah. totally in for the first half that time around, and and then uh, and then when the you know second half I already did like. So it took two watchings for me to really come to appreciate the whole entire movie and just. Ryan doesn't like things that take a little bit of time to get set. <laughs> <laughs> well, my here's my problem with why I didn't like the first half originally was um, the sort of like over the top misogyny of it all. It felt a little implausible because the first half of this movie it sets itself up to be kind of serious. You know, this woman on a mission, she's trapped in the belly of the plane. She's on this. Everyone on the plane wants to fuck her and basically just tells her to her face. You know. So it was setting up more of a serious tone, and I do I realize that the gremlin shows up pretty early on, but like it it was so serious that I, it felt implausible to me. I was like, really, all these guys are just going to be complete fucking cocks the entire fucking time. It felt weird to me. Um, but then the second time around, I kind of got it why they were doing that a little bit more because let's be honest, this is like a feminist movie. This is a pro female hero movie, you know, which is also. If you read some of the reviews on Amazon, people hate it for that because of that, yeah. that good old male fragility kicking in. Well, the chuds you know? come crawling out of the woodwork for those types of discussions sometimes. Yeah, I feel yeah. Like. So that was my initially Captain why I was Marvel. In with the first half. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Captain Marvel. They're, they're the same type of people who come out and they're like, Johnny Storm can't be black. How dare you? Yeah, they they pick such fun. nerds, pick such weird hills to die on, I've noticed. Yeah. Like, well, now it's the new uh, aerial. Little Mermaid uh, actress is black, and people are freaking out over that. I'm like, she's a mermaid. She's a fucking mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't understand. Uh, but honestly, I kind. There's a point in the film in the latter half where I kind of forgot there was a gremlin on board, <laughs> and and so like they're going through all this this stuff with the other with the other fighter planes, and I was like, oh yeah. And then the gremlin shows up. I was like, oh yeah, there was a monster on board this plane. I, I kind of forgot. Yeah, yeah. kind of. There's a couple. There's a couple of points in the beginning when she sees the monster and uh, doesn't really, because she does kind of say something like, "Oh, I saw a shadow," and then the monster comes and fights with her, and then she kind of doesn't sing. There's that whole weird scene where she fires the gun, and they're like, "Why are you shooting a gun down there?" And she doesn't say, "Some monster just tried to rip me out of the fucking gun belly," which I, that was a little weird. I was like, "Why is she not saying anything?" That and that I think when we were all saying like. Oh, we thought she worked for some sort of secret agency that was going to fight the gremlin. Yeah, that or scene lends that it could have been all in her head or something like that too. Yeah, but then they just straight up throw that idea against the rocks. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, I think they were. I think her her reasoning it it would be more to like not make the guys up top think she's more hysterical than they that, already yeah. are blaming what, her for being. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I figured. You know, but yeah. Interesting movie. I think one way or another, you can say it's a unique film. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) So, anyway. But, all right. Well, that's all we got. Thank y'all for coming on to the podcast. Ryan, this is your millionth time. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Do you guys want to say, like, where anybody can find you if if they want to, like, check your stuff out or anything like that? 
Sure, I'm at Ryan. <laughs> I'm at RyanCThomas.com. That has all my links to my social media and everything. So, uh, I am primarily, I'm most active. What would you say, Ryan, on Instagram? So, probably if Instagram. You wanna, yeah, yeah. If you want to give me a follow on Instagram, it's Anthony underscore Trevino nine seven six. That's pretty much where I do all the social medias. Is, is occasionally I pop into Facebook, but other than that, I'm really not that active on there. Well, cool. Well, thank y'all for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having us. We'll see y'all later.